Welcome to Broad Views with Tabitha Wallace. I'm Tabitha Wallace, and you can support this podcast and more by subscribing for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com forward slash Tabitha Wallace. American writer John Steinbeck wrote of what he called the tragic miracle of consciousness. He spoke of the fact that humans are unique from other animals and that we're aware of our very consciousness, that we make decisions based on it. Not only the things that make us happy, but those that make us sad or angry. Steinbeck said that our, quote, species is not set, has not gelled, but is still in a state of becoming. And Aristotle spoke of the two separate aspects of happiness we're trying to achieve. One is hedonia or pleasure, the other eudaimonia or a life well lived. Here in the 21st century, it seems that our ability to obtain pleasure or a life well lived has us feeling exhausted, anxiety ridden and resentful of the world we see each day on the news. But are the solutions to our sociological and financial problems in a place no one thought to look? Today on Broadviews, I'll ponder these questions and more with entrepreneur, fetish performer, and crypto evangelist, Ali Eve Knox. Um, I'm a fetish performer. I sometimes cam. I make my own content. I sometimes shoot porn for other production companies. I sell really strange things on the internet like socks or Kleenexes or <laughs> foot dust or fucking whatever weird shit people are into. I will sell it. Um I work in crypto. I work for a crypto a payment processor for the adult industry. Um, so I've kind of gotten into tech the last couple of years, strangely, even though I obviously can't even work a microphone. This was really bad. <laughs> <laughs> but anybody that actually knows me in tech would be like, yeah, she's an idiot. So that makes total sense. <laughs> I find that most people in the tech world, when you actually explain, like they can't use their own phones. They can explain yeah. very complicated tech stuff to you. But. You know, I've never once had a demo go right ever. Like even by these geniuses. I'm just like, really? <laughs> Recently, I've been like super vocal in sex work and for sex, sex workers' rights and stuff like that. So I've become like this accidental crypto slash adult evangelist. Um, so I, people know me for bitching at people on the internet. Um, I take selfies of my ass in like beautiful places. So I constantly have a little clicker in my hand. Um, so yeah, there you go. <laughs> I like it. So that's the thing I think that people don't understand that there's a, a world outside of this sort of traditional porn space that we all grew up with. And it's changed so drastically. Oh my God, in the last for sure. Few years. In like, the last few. Yeah. Yeah. The, the first, I first AVN I went to, to cover as a journalist was four years ago. And then when I went back last year, it was completely different, a completely different landscape. Part of that, I began seeing there was this pushback when I was there, I was reporting on the idea that people don't pay for porn, that it gets stolen. <laughs> yeah. And, and what was going to happen to the business because of that. And then two years later, the mass majority of, of women that are there with their own businesses are cam girls and more specified areas like what you're doing. How do you, did you see that evolution come about and and what are the you know what are the things that you noticed? Yeah, so I started in 2014. I started camming and at the end of that I decided I was going to shoot some porn. Um I wanted to get my name out there, use it as a marketing tool and it was just fucking fun. 
Um, so I started doing that. And at that time, nobody was making their own content. Like I remember I worked on a website and one girl came to this website and she was selling her videos. And we were all like, what the fuck is this? Like now we're going to have to make videos? Like this is nuts. We're going to have to learn, you know, photography skills and all the shit that we hadn't done before. Like we were just taking pictures on our little flip phones or whatever. And now this was like some high quality shit with editing and stuff. And we were just like, oh God, we didn't realize how great it was going to be that people were now wanting this because we didn't have to, you know, fly to California anymore. I live in Texas. So it's a, it's like a trip to go to shoot porn. There's all kinds of expenses that you just don't realize, whatever. You could do this stuff from your house. You can make your own content. You can make what you want. You could pick who you wanted to work with. You could set your own pricing. I mean, it just insane. It, it completely changed the industry. And then people started ordering custom videos. So it was the days where you go to Pornhub and you watch the shitty, you know, tiny little teaser video or whatever. This was like people writing their scripts. They would find their dream girl they've been watching for 10 years, write them a script, buy them an outfit. Like it was a whole catered thing, right? And I think people really started to get into it because it was so personalized. And thank God, because I think that that's what saved us. I mean, I wouldn't have been able to survive if people weren't into that. The majority of my income is from content or relationships. Um, So luckily, people are into it. I hope this lasts for a long time. I think that now they're getting into the subscription service, right? So there's a lot of people where you like pay $10 a month and you can see all their stuff and you can see behind the scenes because for me, that was always like a big appeal for people is they want to see what I'm doing in my everyday life. Like they wanted to see what I'm eating for lunch or hanging out with my dogs or what I'm buying at the grocery store. Like they want to get to know you on a really personal level. So I think that like customization and personal relationships really like change this industry. Thank God. Yeah. And it's such a strange world because I feel like people have a very, if you've never worked in it in some capacity in sex work, you kind of don't have any idea for really sure. What it's like, and, absolutely. Uh, 2001 is my only real like sex work. And it was, I worked for a phone sex line in yeah. New York city. Yeah. The Robin bird line you'd call and get me. And then like the woman dating next to me who was a grandma and like somebody else in these very cold rooms with like headsets by computers. Oh my God. Yeah. Like old school. And I, I, I was really, I was really good at it. But 90% of my clients and people would call back and request and stuff like that, they just talked. Yes, yes. There was no, it was, it was like, oh, what do you do? Are you reading any books? Like there were guys who would call at $4.99 a minute and talk to me for like half an hour once a week. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. Just before I did this, I went and made a custom video. Um, It's for my top tipper. He's fucking wonderful, but he likes me to make just stupid shit. So he'll have stuff like for his birthday, he had me sit in the bathtub and eat cake for his birthday. And it was just like so excellent. And I just went in the backyard and because I've like been hardcore pissed off at like so many people lately. And so I was telling him about this because like we chat all the time and whatever. And he said, well, I'll pay for your next because I make a custom for him once a week. He said, I'll pay for your next video if you go out in the backyard and you just smash a bunch of pumpkins. And I was like, I can do that. So I just spent the last 30 minutes with a baseball bat beating the shit out of pumpkins. And it was just so fun. And like, it's he's not going to get off to it, but he's going to be fucking entertained. And, he, you know, that that was part of the thing. I mean, he, he's into financial domination, so he wants me to have his money regardless. But like now he can be in, entertained on top of this. And I had a great time because I got some excellent frustration out. I recommend this. I know. I feel like I'm in the wrong business. Um, (laughs) You can always come back. That's the thing, right? You don't age out of this business. You just grab different niches along the way. That's the 
fucking excellent part of this business. Like I'm going to be into MILF porn at some point and then I'll be into granny porn. Like, yeah. Well, and that's another thing. It's the age thing that also there was a time, you know, when I was a teenager in the days of like, you know, Jenna Jameson and everybody, you know, once you hit 28, you were old. Like you yeah. were old and nobody wanted to see you unless you're very, you know, it was like very niche, very niche. And yeah. now that's changed. Is that partially a change in culture or do you think it's a change in in maybe just our access to different things? I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just like personal, personal preferences are changing or people just stayed in the industry longer and people were just like, well, I'm going to accept this now. I don't know. But like MILF is one of the top five searched words. And if you would have told me that when I was young, I'd be like, whatever. Like, that's insane. But I started the business. I was 30. I mean, 27, <clears throat> which is so weird. I'm still 27. That's so weird how that happened. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I started a lot later than people. Um, but I feel like, I mean, I wish I would have done it so much earlier. Oh my God, that's my only regret is that I didn't do this sooner. But I feel like I had kind of worked out some of the like kinks and been, I guess I had like even developed my personality a little bit better. So when I came to the game, like it, it really worked. Like people were into my banter and my stupid shit and, you know, whatever I had done previously in my life. And it was just like, I appreciate it a lot now that I'm a lot older. I think if I was younger, I would have just been stupid and blown all my money and all those things. So I'm kind of thankful that, you know, I can age in this business. Plus you can do all all the stuff behind the scenes, right? Like you were saying, you could do phone sex. You can start filming other people. Like you can really get old and you know, it's totally fine in this business. Do you think also the part of that is, is there's a new wave of independence that women haven't had before because, oh, for before sure. was, you know, if you didn't get a vivid contract, if you didn't get a wicked contract, these, I mean, it's very much, you know, this very strange old Hollywood system that was there. And now you're business owners, you own a brand, you own yes. uh-huh. do you think And we do it from our bedrooms. Um, where do you, uh, do you see that's partly because we learn, you know, sort of growing up more with tech or is oh, it yeah. because it's sort of that old? And there's also this idea I see that it seems that regular produced porn became very impersonal. Yeah, both of those things for sure. I remember the first time I shot a sex video, it was just with uh, my boyfriend at the time. And I was like 19 years old. I had gone and bought a, an HD video cameras right when they came out. And this was like thousands of dollars, right? And I remember being like, and it wasn't like, I'm going to be a star. I'm going to produce porn. It was just like, I like having sex with this dude. So I'm just going to film it because I have this thing. So like, this will be fun. But now you can go get a webcam for 60 bucks. You don't have to invest thousands and thousands of dollars into, you know, just because technology has just improved so much. And like a webcam will make you a gajillion dollars if you, you know, work hard enough. And it's just the accessibility. I mean, the internet is everywhere. Laptops, you can get a laptop from your friend and start this business. I think that it's just like the ease and the accessibility for sure has really helped. And not having someone you have to answer to, to a certain extent. For sure. Absolutely. You hear from a lot of people where it's, there's, there's less of that feeling like you have a pimp because you decide when you're going to go on camera. You decide if you're going to go yeah. that day. You decide if you're going to log on. You you sort of make your own hours, which is kind of the female American dream. Oh, and for sure. There isn't a huge difference in 
structure between someone who's like selling Avon and someone who is a cam girl. It's the same idea of getting customers and getting other people. Yep. Um, And keeping relationships and upselling. I mean, it's the whole thing. It's like we all watched our mom sell Tupperware and figured out there's a better way to do this whole thing. Uh And it's, And I think what's interesting is people don't see it as much in the sex industry, yet it's very prevalent. You have, as a writer, I have a Patreon. I have tip jars. Yeah, yeah. A wish list. And I kind of laughed. I was like, I feel like my Twitter is going to turn into porn Twitter because it was (laughs) like, oh, it's like tip jar this and this. And you equate it with a certain thing. Yeah. And now we've all gone, that's a really smart thing. What if I just sit in front of my camera and bullshit and people are going to give me money? So that did happen, right? That's how Twitch came to be. Yeah. We were, that's the original, we were the original people, you know, we were the cam girls doing this. I bought this thing in at TJ Maxx or something like that for Christmas and it was called a influencer's kit. And it was a little like selfie stick, a little tiny light that you put on your phone and then a clicker. And I thought, that was that's not an influencer kit. That's a cam girl kit. Like we've been right. doing that for five years. We've been taking pictures of ourselves this whole time. And now they're calling influencers. Like, nah, we did this. Like this was right. us. It was funny because it was like influencers started showing up. I get these, I get these like press emails where they pitch you things. And it's I started getting yeah. a couple of years ago, about a year and a half ago, I started getting these things from people going like ring lights, ring lights, have a ring light for your blog. And I laughed to myself because I was like, <laughs> Yeah, I saw those at AVM last year. Right, right. I know. You see it in the thrift store and you're like, a cam girl's been here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which is funny because like people then when I say that, they always look at me funny because, you know, I'm not the kind of girl that knows those things. I'm like, I'm exactly uh-huh. the girl. I'm exactly the girl who knows those things. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> I look so sweet and innocent, which I think is the thing. If you, people have really messed up ideas about, you know, what makes a good girl and a bad girl. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting because like, so I go to AVN, what was that? Like two weeks ago and I have mainstream press. And like when I did the, I guess that was the year when I did your interview. Was that last year? Yeah. I had a ton of mainstream press, right? And mainstream was putting out positive articles in the adult industry. And I think that's kind of huge too, because it's getting rid of like the stigma. It's making more of this like everyday talk. There's a lot more sex workers that are and you're, you know, you're realizing that we're in your family or that you went to high school with. It's just becoming so much more prevalent and and in some ways uh, more accepted. And I think that that has also helped it also because, you know, I know when I joined this, I was like, oh, I'm never going to be able to be a teacher again. I'm not going to be able to be homeroom mom. Like there's going to be a lot of issues I know that I'm going to get into with making this decision, right? But it's also one of those things where I'm like, I meet people out there like my lash lady is like, oh my God, this is great. I want to hear your tales. You know what I mean? And like, it wasn't like that 10 years ago. People people would have freaked the fuck out if they would have, I would have told them what I really did. Well, it's funny because when I moved to LA and I was like, you know, it was like 2008 and the market was bad and there wasn't a lot of work and there were people in my family back home were like, you should go like direct porn. That's what you should do. There's like, like there's never... Like there was always this like, oh gosh, are you going to do Playboy someday? And I'm right, like, right. like, there was never, there was never, not that my parents wanted me to go out and be a, be a, a you know, a prostitute, right. but, but if I was a really high class one and travel the world, they'd be fun. Yeah. There's isn't that weird judgment. It's like, that's your own business. Like you're not, yeah, right. you're not doing anything. Everybody, you're not, you're not selling drugs. You're not, you're not harming up people. Right. It's all like, that's your own business. And so I think it's, it, we're a much more forgiving generation. Oh, and that's for more, goddamn sure. 
and understanding about not just people's sexuality, but I think in understanding gender and sexuality a lot more, we also understand things like fetish and kinks and like what and makes pleasure. People... Yes, pleasure. It's like we, you know, our, our grandmothers were told they weren't supposed to like sex. Our mothers were told right. they were right. slutty for yes. wanting sex right. and enjoying right. it. So by the time it gets to us, we're like, go fuck yourself. Cause yes. you're not going to fuck me with that attitude. <laughs> like this right. is right. No, it, it's super true. And it's an attitude that I feel like it's strange because there's a subset of the population who really hates that like strong outspoken woman. Yeah. They're going the opposite direction, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and they're hate tweeting, writing blogs and shit. Yeah. They're like, I can't believe the birds of prey costumes. They're so bad. Yeah. Like, how dare Jennifer Lopez? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. If I, if I look that good at 50, I'm going to be dancing around a pole every You're second. You're goddamn right. And like, broadcasting it to way more people than that. I fucking promise you. Guaranteed. Right. And that kind of brings into this, this like better understanding of it, which opened up a door recently in the last few years I've also noticed is a more mainstream understanding of the labor rights of sex workers. For sure. And, and looking For at sure. them as a labor class, as a working class, as, you know, somebody like a waitress, as somebody at this. Can you talk a little bit about those, like, the laws, because there's been a lot we've seen recently. You tweeted about it. Oh, about AB5. Yeah. So AB5, for the listeners, is this Utah state law that wants to put warning labels. Oh, that's like, different. That's another one I'll go on. But yeah, do this one. Yeah, this one. So there's a Utah thing where they want to put warning labels on porns be- like they do with toxic chemicals. Yes. All the horrible side effects. And it's supposed to, It's if, if you don't do it, you get a $2,500 fine. And if it's it's to any magazine, to any video, any piece of content you put out there, and it has to say stuff like this will cause violence, this will cause sex addiction. Like it's gonna, it has to say all those things, right? Like a warning label on a cigarette package. It's just it's it's fucking insane. And when I saw Utah, I was just like, oh, okay, right? Some crazy shit comes out right. of Utah, okay? But those kinds of things, the labor law thing. So AB five is where the freelancers can't be freelancers yes. anymore; they have to be employees. Well, that's problematic. When so I shoot for three weeks a year, I go out and do porn. So if I have to become an employee to all of these porn companies. It sounds like no big deal. It's a it's a huge back end fucking pain in the ass, right? Not only that, producers now are responsible for their own stuff, not necessarily a production house like Brazzers or whatever, but these these pr- directors that are producing this content, they spend a lot of their own fucking money, by the way, making this stuff. So yeah. now they have to get workers' comp insurance. They have to get you know, all these different types of bullshit to have all these employees and they're having to get payroll companies, like just insane amounts of things because California has decided that they haven't got enough tax money from these independent contractors. So it's this stuff that you see like Uber and Lyft, they're going through the same thing now, but it's all this back in paperwork. There's all this extra money that the government's getting, but it's fucking people like these mom and pop producers are now having to move out of California. Or if there's cam sites, they're having to get rid of all their California models. So if you're a model in California, you're camming right now, I'd get the fuck out because there's some crazy shit coming in stuff like uh, every uh, four hours, the cam company is going to have to cut you for 15 minutes so you take the regulated break. Or they're going to cut your feed so you have to take a lunch break. Like all this kind of shit. And it sounds like no big deal, but like 
when I'm working from my bedroom, I'm hanging out in my room. If you're going to cut my cam every few hours, I'm trying to do a stream or something like that. Like that's very bothersome. Not to mention all the other paperwork that's going to go along with all this shit. I don't think a lot of people realize it it really got sold as this, you know, it was going to help all these Uber and Lyft drivers. And yes. what it ended up doing right. is screwing over two groups of people. And I, we, you and I are those two groups of people, which is freelance yes, writers. Yes, we are. And, and, and freelance, you know, cam girls or freelance sex workers. We have no protection and they're making it impossible. Like I will not move back to California. Right. And there's so many... There's so many exclusives in this law, right? So it's all these people that are like, it's like, oh, it doesn't affect engineers. It doesn't affect all this bullshit. And so I was in this workshop recently at one of these industry conferences and somebody said, how come these people got excluded? And the lawyer up front said, well, it's because they had better lobbyists. (laughs) And then someone said, well, we need to get better porn lobbyists. And the lawyer said, well, those don't exist. (laughs) Which I can't stop thinking about this interaction because- you mean nobody's fighting for the horse? You mean nobody out there is going and saying, listen, we need equal rights. We need things to be safe. We want things to be good. We, we want to be, you know, consulted on these human trafficking laws that you put forth and end up killing us and harming us and all these horrible things. Like, there's nobody doing this. So I hate tweeted, as I do, about this whole thing. Like, I'll do it. Like, fuck, I'll go get a spite law degree. No problem. I'll go fight for these people. Like somebody has got to step up and do this. So the FSC, which is essentially like our performer union, they go to bat for us a lot. They spend a lot of money in legislation trying to fight for us. So I contacted them and said, listen, I have a big mouth and I got some time on my hands. So like, put me in charge with some, like, let me talk to something. So she put me in touch with a lobbying group And so hopefully like we can be heard and we can have, and I'm not saying like I'm here to save the horse or anything, but like somebody's got to. So I'll try it. Somebody's got to, why not save the horse? Believe me, everyone on Capitol Hill would, would be thrilled with it. They may not say it, but they'll be like, good for them. Because it's ludicrous to think that these people, these same usually middle-aged rich white men who stand up and pontificate about how slutty we are because we want something like birth control or, yes. you know, or we don't, we're not, a, we're not worried about a picture of our boobs haunting us. Like I have tits. That's life. Like, Surprise. yeah, I'm like, that's I'm like, oh my God, there's yeah. just this like weird thing where they're so uptight and trying to tell us like Puritans and maybe it's, it goes back to my blood is it's just like, this puritanical nonsense that, yes. that we are supposed to be these like child bearers and anything beyond that is is ludicrous and should yes. be you know burned at the stake right and i'm like we've been through this <laughs> we've been through this yeah we know exactly how this goes i'm like literally my ancestors are the ones you didn't burn at the stake because they got the fuck out of there or like whatever yeah. it's like you can't suddenly make us go backwards Right. And that's just not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, they can propose these laws and there's all these problems with them and they end up hurting. I mean, I, I can't even really get into the FOSTA-SESTA bullshit because we would be here all day long. But there's these things where they put these laws in place and they under the guise of they're helping us, they're saving us, they're doing all the things that we want. But they never consult us. They never think, you know, what's it actually going to be like in the daily lives of these people? And, you know, if we can, it, it's one of those things where I feel like 
if we can get in front of people and show that we are real people and that we're doing things that are legal and we're contributing to society and in some, in a lot of ways, we're providing some therapy and some entertainment and like some things that, you know, these people are our patrons. Let's not be glib about what's actually happening here. Like the Bible Belt is one of the biggest watchers of porn. I mean, you know, you can vote against us and you can say all these things, but like you still buy my socks. I mean, this is really true. Like I have this thing where my four out of my five top tippers, like the people that pay me regularly, they're lawyers. And it's it's so entertaining to me because like one of them worked for the government. One of them is a retired senator. And it's like you you in, in public, you try to keep me down. But in private, like you send me love letters and a lot of money like, <laughs> you know, this it's just in, it's fucking insane. And they're hypocrites all the way around because this, the getting into the news business, which I'm sure at some point I'll write a whole book about that fucking shit show, but yeah, (laughs) but fucking, I love it. It's just like, I just want to shake everyone and be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? But I would go to these events and, you know, I was this like liberal loudmouth feminist, but these kind these conservative men would come up to me and they would be like, I don't always agree with what you say, but, but you give it to them. And I like it. I like (gasps) you say it how it is, you know, you give it to them and I don't always agree, you know, I'm a conservative, but but, but I like the, you know, I like the cut of your jibber jabber, you know, and I'm sitting there like, you're such a fucking hypocrite. You give money yeah, to people who would put me down. You go, you you work to oppress people that I care about, and you're sitting in my face. Yes, I don't agree with you, and I'll probably talk shit about you. To and my winking, friend. yeah, it's like, ugh, that's like you. part of my spiel that I went on today. Is it's this thing like crypto uses me for clicks and and you know hot girls and they can come and look at my photos and stuff like that. But then they get on Twitter and call me a whore and, you know, go on how I shouldn't be able to use these things like that. And it's like, it's one of these things where it's like, you can use me when you need me, but every, every time you don't, then you're gonna, you know, I don't know. It's just this crazy ass concept where it's like, people aren't authentic anymore. (laughs) Yeah, you know, and they hide these little secrets inside of them. And it's like, I don't understand why I have to be a secret because we're trying to normalize this whole thing. And if we would all talk about this, like it would be totally fine. I mean, like, remember when that Ashley Madison hack happened and all those politicians names came out and it was like, see, you are all doing this. Like you, nobody has to hide. If y'all all came out and we're like, Hey, listen, escorts are great. And they provide a service and we love them. Like it would change everything. But instead they're like hiding in their little white houses you know, purchasing our shit at midnight on, you know, on their fucking credit cards. And it's just, I don't know. It's this spiel that I've gone on lately where I'm just like, if if more people would admit to the things that they're really doing, this, it would just change everything for all of us. You get to know us, you get to love us. Like, why do we have to be these little secrets? Anyway, sorry. That's a whole nother thing. That's a, that's another episode, but oh it's so true. It's this idea that if it's something that people find distasteful, then, yes. yes. And that, and that's, that's the thing where things have to be, you know, respectable. And I, if there's anything I hate more, it's the most misogynist racist thing in the world is respectability. Like I, yeah. I'm so tired yeah. of this, you know, you have to put on this thing or people won't listen to your message. You have to do this or people won't listen to your message. And I'm like, I don't it, it, like it's 2020 get over it. Like people right. are going to look the way, you know, if you can't hear a message because you don't like the color of my hair or yes. whatever, 
I, then you have, then turn, then close your eyes and listen to my voice. Like (laughs) it's not my job to like pull you along on this journey. But what's funny is then, you know, first they get us with the labor laws and get people with, you know, your, your taxes and all of that. And then the next step is with banking. And you've seen this in two areas. So, you know, the weed companies, there's, you know, thank God California actually has putting in that sort of state bank thing so that they can have banking. But up to this point, it's like, with marijuana sales, it's this weird thing where you cannot just use a normal bank, like a normal yeah. business that's totally legal. And so there's this thing of, you know, whether crypto and that has sort of helped that, whether it can be yeah. somewhere to help. Uh, and then, you know, hopefully rules like in California and then eventually getting rid of the federal laws on that. Again, a whole other podcast we can do it another time super similar <laughs> to the stuff that the sex workers go through i mean that's how i yeah, got into so crypto we- right it's because all of my payment apps are being shut down and i was like i'm just trying to sell my panties like this is not a thing that's terrible that people should keep shutting me down for and i'm doing legal work like i'm not doing anything that's insane or or uh, fucking illegal or that i shouldn't do or that's harming anybody like i'm just trying to sell videos on my feet and everybody had a problem with it. So I started taking crypto and and it's so similar to the stuff that the weed business goes through. You know, it's legal and they're doing all the things they're supposed to and they're going through the hoops and everything, but they still can't bank. Like I know that I buy pot when I go to California and I'm constantly getting different emails about, okay, we're going to have to do it this way. Now we're going to have to run it as an ATM transaction. We're going to have to give you some money back or we're going to have to round it up to this thing, or it's going to show this on the on on your charge instead of the name of the company like they're constantly being fucked also what do you think the and that's where crypto comes in how yeah. first of all like you know one of crypto is one of those things that i have covered it for years and if yeah. someone actually asked me to explain to them what it is i would not be able to do that very well it's hella confusing but i mean i don't i don't know that necessarily i think a <laughs> Crypto kind of took this terrible stance when they started marketing it because they were like, let's tell you how all the tech works underneath and let's tell you all the the history and the bullshit. Like, don't tell me that. Just tell me how I can get paid and how I can move my money out. Like, I think if they would have just started with that, like, that's all I need to know. I need to know how to take it and then how to ha- give get it back out. That's it. I think if they would have taken a different marketing approach, it could have gone a little bit better. Yeah. Do you see crypto evolving into, because now we've, you know, like you said, it was just this very vast, strange story about a mysterious <laughs> figure and right, right. Is someone, is someone just writing this on acid? It's like, and whatever you're on, I would like some because I want to have these visions. I want to get this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's kind of, we don't know how credit cards work. We don't know how cash works. And probably like, uh, God, thank God I don't because then it's that's probably another tirade that I'd be on. But, you know, if we can figure out how to just use this easily, how to get it easily, how to pay people easily, I think it's a huge solution. So I think that that's crypto's like hurdle that they're going through right now and have been going through and are going to keep going through for a while is like how to easily put this in the hands of the people. You know, and it's it's I guess it's ways like, uh, sex workers get fucked. So now we have to figure it out. Um, and companies like Spank Chain that I work for, like that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make it super easy. And we did the same thing. We started out and we were like, here's how all this technology works and the blockchain and all the bullshit. And it was just like, no, just tell models how they can tweet their link, sell their panties, get their money out. Like that's that's it. We don't need to know what's under the hood. We just need to know how it, how, how to make it work. And I think that once crypto starts making it really easy for people to get, 
and spends. And once they start spending it, right, because a lot of people get it and they hold on to it and they don't want to spend it. Well, if you're putting more money in this ecosystem and we're showing people that it's working, I think it's going to be a lot easier for people to grasp. Yeah. And right now we're looking at a, a political and economic environment, not just here in the United States, but around the world that is yeah. volatile. For sure. And, you know, I've, as an adult, been through two major sort of economy collapses. You know, the first tech bubble when I first moved to New York and when I first moved there, I was a cocktail waitress. And, I, you know, these tech guys, these, you know, it was like the, the first tech boom. They were just passing the money out and buying bottles. Yeah. And like, I was going home with like a thousand dollars and barely having to work. And it was no the big good deal. old days. The good old days. And then, you know, all of a sudden, like, the, you know, the, the market crashed and the tech bubble burst and all that money was gone <laughs> and nobody kind of knew how to deal with it. And we all figured it yeah. out, you know, and then, you know, 2008 happened and everybody freaked out and all this stuff happened. And now here we are on the, on the eve of another one. Cause we all know it's yeah. coming. Yeah. And we're also in the midst of another election, a word that makes me sick oh. to my stomach. Oh my God. Time. I have it muted on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's a good idea. Cause it's just, Oh my God. My mute list is growing by daily. It's like, it's like Biden. <laughs> like just keep nope. adding mouth. Buttigieg, whoever. I, mean, I don't want to hear about anybody. I don't, anymore. Nothing. I don't want to hear about anything. Um, what do you think? What are your predictions? Uh, you know, obviously we've had, you know, with the current administration and the current party in power, we've had a major, like they're trying to push everything back to the right, but what yeah. happened? But what happens whenever any administration or any government does that is that there's there's, you know, the pendulum swings back. Yeah, right. Um, how do you see that pendulum swinging back, say, you know, over the next year or two? Oh, God. I mean, politically, like the only way I can really describe it is it's just an utter shit show. Right. I mean, all the stuff that's happening in Washington, it's one of those things where, like, I don't I don't like anybody. I mean, across the board political or not but particularly political like this this all this trump shit shit that's happening like it's just really bad shit like if you're for him you're against him it's just like it's really terrible shit that's happening and then democrats can't get it together right they're just a a sea of insanity over there so i don't know how we're gonna be looking because nothing's looking good it's all looking like a bunch of shit so my hope is just that we can get some things back in there that are gonna change some of these like things that are going just crazy way too crazy right like the fucking things that we were talking about all those crazy bills that are talking about like those a lot of those were republican led yeah all of them yeah yeah by the way all of them but (laughs) all of them some of them as in checks notes nope it's all of them so yeah i know it's just it's a total bummer so i hope that we can even it out a little but i don't know that the democrats can get it together because inside their party they're just a shit show right now I mean, I I joke about having election muted on my Twitter, but that's a real fucking thing. Like, I have that stuff muted in my camera. I'm like, I can't talk about it without becoming, like, rageful just because of the insanity on everybody. Everybody's so fucked up right now. So I don't know. I really hope that some things can happen and, you know, we can get some order and some, like, accountability in there. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that that's going to happen. Like, I think this Trump stuff that just happened is a big clue that accountability means fucking nothing. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's all, we're all fucked is the, is, is my answer. 
Well, if we're all fucked, then people should probably go to AllieAveNox.com. Yes. GoddessAllie.com. Yeah, all the things. <laughs> go to all the things and party real hard now. Yeah, I feel like this is the point where we really, especially those of us who have some logic and thoughtfulness and aren't horrible people out there, and that those of us can just find a way, whether it's, you know, through porn or through whatever, read a book, listen to music, yeah. get into something. It's going that back to that pleasure fun. thing we were talking about. Yeah. We yeah. don't, we, you know, we're so depressed. Suicide rates are the highest. We're you know, overworked. Are, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're miserable. And miserable. I think it's time that we recognize as people, like when we talk about self-care, that means taking time to be like, have a pleasurable moment yes. every day. Right. And, Absolutely. And, and don't feel guilty about that. Whether yeah. it's a fucking cupcake or watching you take pictures of your butt. Like these are yeah. all things that are, no, there's nothing wrong with any of them. For sure. Removing um, that shame is huge. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's the thing. It's just like once, you know, and that's, it goes into all that because I feel like the Republican party and that it's very, and even the Democrats now, it's all about shaming people. For and sure. Both of them. Absolutely. It's a fucking I, shit show. Yeah. And it's just, the thing is we are not like, you can't shame us anymore. Like we have no shame. Yeah. We whatever. <laughs> whatever. What else, uh, what would you uh, like to, message would you like to send that, uh, to the listeners about yourself or crypto, or labor laws, or all the stuff we talked about? Is there anything you, message you'd like to send them? Um, I guess I'm just like constantly begging people to like, just get to know us, remove the shame, remove the stigma, and just like enjoy us. Really, I mean, it's, it's, it's really this pleasure thing that we're talking about. Like there's so much good here. There's so much healing and like actual love and great relationships here. Like there's really something excellent. And I wish that people would realize like this, it doesn't have to be so weird. I mean, you can have relationships with sex workers that, you know, they don't take their clothes off. There's, they don't have sexual relationships. There's just like some real fucking beauty here. And I hope that people will start to be more comfortable with that. Um, you know, posting, posting things on mainstream that are positive. Um, regular people associating with us on their social media. Like these, these are just really little things that are really going to change the way that people look at us um, as providing services, legal services. Um, and I hope that people just become more comfortable with that. Thank you so much Absolutely. for joining me today uh, on me. the inaugural episode. Yeah. Broadview with Top of the Walls. Thank you for joining me today. And thank you for my guest, the amazing model goddess crypto cutie, Allie Eve Knox. Thank you. Thank you for being a patron to Broadviews with Tabitha Wallace. Your patronage allows me to explore topics with people I would never get to pretty much anywhere else. Take a moment to leave comments, suggestions, share the Patreon with your friends so we can go from audio to video podcasts and so much more. Thank you again for supporting Broadviews with Tabitha Wallace. Take care of each other out there.